0: coming at you live from the heart of lincoln america this is the don't punt hour with former nebraska receiver throwing over the middle completes the pass he's got speed to the end zone touchdown 45 yards and return specialist this time he beats the kicker in one more DeMorne Pearson. Only does the sideline have confidence in Pearsonell? But Pearsonell has confidence in Pearsonell. On 937 the ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: All right, welcome back in to Ticket Weeknights. This is the Dump Hunt Tower. We got the host, as always, DeMornay Pearsonell streaming in. I'm Harrison, back at the 1040 Ticket Studios. And again, if you guys ever want to join the show, feel free to do so. 402-464-5685. Streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and, of course, Allo Channel 961. Uh, quite a day in terms of storylines where we talk about coaches. We had a little bit of a snow squall here in Lincoln. I had to look up what that one was. If it was safe to travel. Looks like the snow's pretty much past us at this point. Roads are still slick. So, again, if you're driving out there, uh, be safe. Not quite ideal, but not terrible either, as most of the snow seems to move past us. But nonetheless, the morning appears to now. How's it going on what is to be a cold Thursday night?
2: I'm sick of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's, yeah, me too. I, I don't want to do it anymore. I shouldn't have to start my car 20 minutes early.
2: Oh, I'm telling you, it's just, it's, ugh, it's no fun. It's. Ah, it's just, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, and uh when you get to that point where all the snow is just brown and black and dirty, not not a great time, but in terms of sports, because we're not gonna talk about weather all day, uh just some quick news here. We won't spend too much time on this one in terms of Husker football, but they pick up a, another uh player who is committed to Nebraska, three star edge rusher, Jordan Ochoa, you're not you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's O Ochoa. Do you got the pronunciation for it? No. Okay. Yeah, I think I want to say it's okay. I was waiting for someone to drop an enunciation. Uh, and usually, that takes a little bit of time, but I'm, I'm going to go with that for now. And again, 402-464-5685. Five, correct me if I'm wrong, but a three-star edge rusher commits to Nebraska. So some more help there on the defensive side of the ball. And that's pretty much it in terms of new players on that Husker football team. And other news, I want to get your thoughts on this. Bill Belichick, second interview with the Falcons. They already met with the owner, Um, Arthur Blank last week, a one-on-one meeting. Apparently, it went pretty well because he goes back. He is expected to meet for the second time with some more of the brass in the head office. I don't think Bill Belichick to the Atlanta Falcons was on anyone's bingo card. Are you surprised at all to kind of see this picking up the momentum that it is? And there's a chance we see Bill Belichick being a head coach for the Falcons.
2: No. um, I told you, I'd order the vacant coaching opportunities i feel like you know the nfc south is the easiest one to win um they have pieces down there they have a solid defense they have a solid offensive line they have a solid tight end wide receivers and running back they're just missing a quarterback um so other than probably seattle and the chargers and i mean the raiders but i mean the raiders job is probably filled other than i think seattle and the chargers I mean, uh, yeah, Seattle and the Chargers, I think, uh, you know, the Falcons' job is probably the most
1: appealing. Mm -hmm. What's really intriguing for this one is, I mean, if we saw what Tom Brady did, let's leave and let's go bully what is typically one of the worst divisions in the NFL. Bill Belichick, if he lands on the Falcons, he finds himself, like you said, in the NFC South. Um, If he could find a way to go ahead and win a Super Bowl, we might hear – we might hear that Tom Brady Bill Belichick argument again because if Bill Belichick's able to do the exact same thing that Tom Brady did, go to the NFC South, go get a Super Bowl, I don't know if we can really have that conversation too much anymore.
2: Yeah, but see, Tom played quarterback. The the, the game revolves around quarterback. Atlanta don't got a quarterback. That's the one thing that they need. So, uh a couple of things, you know, would would need to happen for them to even be a playoff team. Uh yeah. I think, you know, if Bill does go down there, I don't know how that fits. Um, I just don't think it's Bill's style. But, you know, again, uh, they have pieces. They have a lot of pieces there. They have a lot of pieces under contract. Um, They they just don't have a quarterback. So, uh, I mean, you're going to win. Defense wins games. And Bill has been shown and proven that, you know, he'll have defenses ready and proven to do that. So um, it's not a bad look. Uh it's different. Uh it's not along the lines of, you know, what the Patriots are. I, I could see Bill going to, you know, the Chargers. I, I thought that was uh, you know, a, a very viable pull. But I mean if the Chargers are honing in on Harbaugh, then I mean I get it. So
1: yeah, and that's definitely what it feels like. It feels like the Chargers are really leaning that way. But there's another name out there that could be a candidate for the Chargers, Mike Rabel. He's interviewing for the head coach job as well for the Chargers. Um, again, I think that one makes sense because Vrabel seems like a guy that stylistically Chargers haven't necessarily been what he's kind of represented, but it would he'll be interesting. A, yeah. he'll,
2: just, he'll definitely give them an I, I, I identity for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's something about Vrabel. You get teams that work hard and you got the talent. Like we said, that's that's a team where if you're just looking for a team where you can go in, plug and play, they got enough talent on that roster where you don't have to go through the – you don't have to pull – a Panthers year where yeah. you're just God awful and there's really no hope to salvation and you know you're going to be on the hot seat regardless of any coaching moves you can make but Vrabel um, he's interviewing for the Chargers head coach and as far as other head coaches the only really big news Mike McCarthy not going anywhere he will be staying with the Dallas Cowboys for the next season is this a big mistake on Jerry Jones part for allowing this to continue with Mike McCarthy
2: um I don't know about a mistake. I don't. Dak can't stay. Both of them can't be there. They, they, they
1: didn't. I think one of them is got to go, and got, I think this got got right right I, with Dak. I, I
2: think you know with, with McCarthy, with him coming out and saying that, um, I still want to see. Uh, I, I, like I'm not, I'm not believing it just yet. Um, but I mean, if, if he's still rolling with McCarthy and whatnot, uh, I think that shortens the leash leash on Dak yeah big time. Um, and and if and yeah if i if i'm deck i'm nervous i'm nervous like i said you have a former first round draft pick sitting behind you um jerry went to go get him personally yep and like i said it cost him a third and a fifth i think so jerry jerry has nothing but time he he, he doesn't care you know and each year the cowboys say you know this is our year Well, statistically, they had, you know, one of the better teams and it just fell short. So. I was it from the coach's standpoint, was it from the coach not getting the players ready or was it just that Dak dropped the ball and the defense wasn't ready? I'm not sure, Uh, but I'm not I'm not mad at the decision Um, and the full thing hasn't played out. So I'm still wondering, you know, what Jerry has up his sleeve. I don't think it's over yet um i feel like you know a bombshell is coming of some sort i don't know if they're not signing deck i don't know if you know they're just trying to see what trade Trey lance has to has to bring to the table um but i mean i'm not they, they he signed him to a to a, to a three-year extension he had or a five-year extension he's on his last year uh this upcoming season mm-hmm. uh so i mean instead of paying two coaches you mean he won a division for you he he's won 10 games the last past three years, you know, so um obviously he's done something that Jerry's okay with.
1: Yeah. Winning a lot of games in the regular season helps the postseason fails have been hard to swallow as a Cowboys fan, but that I read the same way. If I'm Dak Prescott and I see that move, I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating. They picked the coach uh, to come back. I'm thinking they're looking at me as the problem. If For they're, sure. If they're re-signing that coach back on, they're definitely possibly looking at another quarterback. And with Dak Prescott, um, we've kind of talked about the playoff game. It wasn't like statistically, it was such an eyesore. But those big momentum plays, especially when you're playing the game of football, you just can't afford those pick sixes when it, even, when your game's on the line. Uh, even, he hasn't answered it.
2: Even even when even when you know Dallas started to come back, Green Bay wasn't even playing their starters. Mm-hmm. So is that a part of Dak playing well, or was that just? know that you know the Packers were already focused on the next week
1: yeah I think it's the latter I think it was garbage time points again we've we've talked about that game score um was a lot closer than it ever should have been I it mean the Packers out of, game they got out
2: of hand quick it felt then, like
1: the Broncos Miami game where the Broncos just kind of laid down in the second half knowing it was over um, this was a little bit different, where the Packers laid down, knowing it was over, and they just gave up a few more points. And like you said, you got the seconds; remember, they're not laying down, but the starters aren't in. Uh, no, you're going up against a bunch of backups on, on, so.
2: bo- on, on both sides. You know, like so. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, for, I me mean, from, from holistically, Dallas wasn't prepared. Offense, offensively, they weren't. Defensively, they weren't. Um,
1: defensively was the grossest part for me. That's something, and, and that's, that been that's, been, that's been their strong point. That's
2: been there's been their bread exactly. and butter. You know, like they've played you know, lights out pretty much, and you are at home, you had everything you want, and you literally got hit in the mouth. So, okay, if you like McCarthy and you like, you know, the changes that he's brought and everything like that, um, it, I, another thing to keep in mind, if Dan Quinn is going to stay another year, if if you lose him as your defensive coordinator, I've, I'm nervous for the Cowboys. Yeah. I I, I'm, it hasn't come out that, you know, people have interviewed him or anything like that. And, you know, he could have he could have been he could have been he was he was in one of he was one of the finalists for the uh, Broncos job. If I'm not mistaken, I think they offered it to him first before the whole Peyton thing came out.
1: They did, Yeah, you're correct.
2: And and he turned it down. So if he decides to leave somewhere else, I don't know if that Dallas team will will look what they look like this year because he was a, he was a staple of that.
1: Yep. The Cowboys just kind of seem like a house of cards right now. It just feels like there are a few pieces from the whole thing just falling apart in a horrible fashion. And this playoff early exit, um, was kind of that first card in my opinion falling down. And it's only a matter of time. I think Mike McCarthy next season, it might be really ugly, you know, whatever it is with Dak Prescott, even if the regular season's okay. Um, just having an okay season isn't going to be enough. You're going to have that same pressure and worry and anxiousness that you're going to have every, pretty much every single season for a Cowboys fan because you guys are great up until the playoffs. And it's over and over and over again. Uh, it's like they're on a treadmill whenever they get to postseason play. They do great up until that point and they can't ever do anything more once they actually get into the playoffs. So again, we kind of talked about that. You think about the Eagles, the Cowboys, both really disappointing. I think the, Cowboys definitely in a little bit of a worse spot with the Eagles. I'm not going to panic on Nick Sirianni. Um, I think the OCDC we talked about that last night that just had some big implications on how that team played. And with Jalen Hurts hurt finger towards the end, didn't do a lot of favors. A few more coaches here to go through before we go ahead and get through our first break here. Um, we have one more head coach, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals Cliff Kingsbury, currently quarterbacks coach at USC. You shot to this one me earlier today. Looking at the Chicago Bears. I like that move. I, I I don't care who's back there at the quarterback. I think we definitely need someone to help develop those guys. Um, and also just assist in being another offensive analyst on that, watching that Bears offense all year. They could use used some help. But what are your thoughts on that heading to the Bears, Cliff Kingsbury, and does that indicate anything that they may do in the future?
2: Um, you can look at it two ways. One, I like the move, mm-hmm. uh, regardless if you draft Caleb or you don't draft Caleb. Uh, you get an offensive-minded quarterback. I mean, you get an offensive-minded uh, coordinator in there, who has a resume that uh, that has worked with Patrick Mahomes, that has worked with Baker Mayfield, that has worked with Kyler Murray, um, and those guys have flourished in that. So having you know a dual-threat guy in the building right now uh, with um, Fields. I think, you know, he will be able to unlock a lot of uh, of his potential and move stuff. They got the right pieces. And even if they move forward and, you know, trade fields away and bring Caleb in, um, they already have a relationship with them being at USC. Uh, I think it's a smart move. Um, I like Kingsbury as an offensive coordinator more so than a head coach, uh, at least an NFL head coach. We, he, a college head coach, he was, he was perfectly fine. It's a different game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's been, he's been, you know, with Caleb, if y'all, if y'all are trying to make that move, if you do want to, you know, make a splash and make the transition, you know, easier for Caleb, uh, if that's the route that you want to go, I mean, you know, the smart, you know, they're playing chess, not checkers, uh, you're, you see the moves, uh, you know, you, you're seeing the, the pieces fall, In the in the place and you know you're seeing what they're trying to do and everything like that so if they do do that um you know i do think that's smart on them because it's a guy who's familiar with him a guy who understands his strength and weaknesses a guy who's played and coached at the uh, nfl level and can uh you know impact him early and okay we can go forward this and you know have certain things to work on and if you don't go With Caleb with the first pick, you got um, Justin Fields, who's a talented guy um, who can do a lot, um, who just needs, you know, to be pushed and shaped in the right way.
1: Yep, I'm with you there. When you look at his resume too, his resume doesn't really have too many bad spots. The Arizona Cardinals head coaching gig was probably his worst one and looking at that to me, um, wasn't the biggest fan of the roster and Kyler Murray at the time either. I like Kyler. I think he's an okay quarterback, but those few seasons, especially towards the end there, they just weren't on the same page. And I don't know if it was uh, X's and O's thing or is it just mentally not? I
2: I was, it was more so Kyler, not. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it was him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, it's just just different. You can focus on just calling offenses. So you're talking about, you know, bringing in a guy that pretty much got, you know, Patrick Mahomes drafted.
1: Yep. Like he was you
2: know, the, he was a head coach yeah. at Texas Tech when you know he was there. So mm-hmm. he's seen he's seen guys, he's seen them literally from the worst to the best guys. And like I said, he has a few Heisman, you know, winners and whatnot. And he excels, you know, on the offensive side. So I think that would be good for the Bears, period.
1: Yep, they could definitely use that. And again, when he was With the Arizona Cardinals, you you saw quite a few times DeAndre Hopkins getting in the face of Kyler Murray, which is, to me, I don't see Hopkins do that. He's been on the Titans all year, and I I haven't seen him do that once. So that kind of tells me, um, relationship-wise, I don't team chemistry as a whole head coach to players. They weren't always a cohesive unit, and it was just not a great season for Kyler Murray, and it kind of showed throughout the entire roster. So with that being said, I definitely would not mind him to get him on the Bears side, help there in that situation, maybe get some more opinions too. Decide what you're going to do. Everyone has a number and that's what's going to come down through for polls company, Eber and the bears. What is that number? What is high enough to go ahead and okay it Uh, getting rid of that first pick retaining fields or go ahead and trading off fields, just options at the table, which is a lot better than uh, some of the other NFL teams out there that really feel like they're strapped. We talked about it. Cowboys, tough decisions to make Eagles, tough decisions to make. And uh, Panthers, you're pretty much at the bottom of the barrel and you don't see a whole lot of daylight either. So, could be worse, but nonetheless, we got to go ahead and throw it to break. This is the Don Punt Hour. We got DeMorne Pearsonell streaming in. The host, as always, Harrison, back here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a little bit.
0: This is the Don Punt Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and the TicketFM.com. Here is your host, DeMorne Pearsonell.
1: All right, welcome back into to the Dumpin Hour here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. If you guys ever want to join the show, feel free to do so. our Heyman, text line 402-464-5685, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 961. So again, plenty of ways to engage in the show, and uh, feel free to chime in anytime you want. But nonetheless, good morning, Pierce. Now I got I got a few wild headlines here I want to run by you, and just get your... Initial thoughts. We'll start with the Texas Longhorns Uh, basketball as they took a loss to UCF. There's some words exchanged between the head coach of Texas uh, shouting out some players, calling them classless about he quotes in the press conference about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do uh, we don't do that because when you do those kinds of things, it looks very classless And that he made some vocal statements about those UCF players putting some horns down um, as they're going through the handshake line is the head coach being petty or is that a real thing to go ahead and voice out to the public in a post-game?
2: petty <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how long has everybody been doing that to Texas so I mean you play Oklahoma and, and they do it if you play Nebraska like we'll do it so what's the big issue? Like you understand like what it is. So you just mad and upset and taking your loss like a sore loser.
1: Yeah. I was there with that. I don't, the the horns down thing. Anytime we get into these where you're offending my mascot, get over it. It's a sport. It's a mascot. Like, what are we doing to where this is religious? And if you do a hands down, you're getting a technical, you're getting, I mean, at one point in time, people really wanting technicals uh, for this in college football. I mean, it's just insanity. It's it's a mascot. It's a joke. It's called sports. It's a game. And even though maybe it's not the quote unquote classy thing to do, uh, that's also sports. All right. No one's getting hurt. Maybe your feelings are hurt a little bit, but win the Very game. Soft. Very yeah. soft. that's Very what soft. I thought. Softer than Cottonelle. Win the game. You don't got to worry about getting the horns down. It's as simple as that. So I thought that was uh, some something important to bring up. Another news: college football player. He is on his ninth year of eligibility. Tight end from Florida, Cam McCormick, granted. His ninth year of eligibility at Miami. His first year was with Oregon in twenty sixteen. Demorne Pearsonell. Twenty sixteen was his first year playing Power Five college one football at Oregon. It is twenty twenty four, and he is still playing college football. This is the problem with the extended years. This what's guy the, blue,
2: what's the blueprint? I got. I, I, got I know I can get a year or two back or something. Come on, like that's not nine years.
1: Third, nine years
2: that's um oh my how how do you okay. keep getting a hardship like what well, like w- what is happening for you to be granted that
1: he had a covid year uh about four not career but season ending injuries and as well as a redshirt year
2: what were the four season ending injuries
1: you'd have to do some history some of them i felt like he could have came back some of them Definitely couldn't have came back. Why is he good. still
2: playing? Is it the same leg, they shoulder? Like,
1: they could have not. They could have not allowed him to come back, and they let he him. Have,
2: yeah, I mean, he, he would have got sued. They, like they would he would have sued the NCAA.
1: He, it's sorry. ridiculous though.
2: Nine he, years.
1: Nine years. Nine? <laughs> nine?
2: How many how many master's degrees do you have? <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope. Yeah, like, I hope he's got a good education for that many years in college. Good,
2: uh, if you're not walking away with at least three degrees, you, you're doing something wrong.
1: Nine yep. years?
0: And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, so just, just
1: just, for reference, just for reference. So he's coming back for year nine,
2: 2024.
1: He's like
2: 27, 26. Yep. So the guys. That's a grown and, man. Uh,
1: yes. It, it, it's insane. I'm trying to pull up his, uh, his class right here so we can actually find all the players he's recruited with. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know he's in the same draft class. He would have been in the same draft class. I want to say if Justin Herbert, if you he would have just kept on track, same with Bosa, like this guy, like the, there, the it gets to a certain point where it's just not even college football anymore. He's 25 going, going to be going up against 18, 19, 20 year olds. Like to me, that's where this college adding extra years of eligibility, if you're him good for you, you get free college. I'm not, it's not your fault. If you want to take advantage of a system, uh, that's more of the system's fault, in my opinion, but that's just kind of the big problem with this whole thing. It, it doesn't allow the JUCO players, doesn't allow high school players, up and comers. You can't have these players hanging around for nine seasons. I just thought that one was that absolutely dad, outrageous. Dad. <laughs> Unknown texter, the Van Wilder of college football. Uh, that is that is absolutely fact. That's got to be the text of the day right there. The Van Wilder of college football. Cam McCorick, nine years of eligibility. Um, so if he this one,
2: has to be like a grad a grad student or something. Like, what do you?
1: Yeah, let me see if I can do a quick player profile on Cam
2: oh my God.
1: McCormick because it. I I read that and like. Why even would you just-
2: not? Why Why would you just stop playing football? Like, I I get it. Like, to be honest, like, no NFL team is gonna take you seriously. Like, you're okay. too too much of an injury prone. I'm sorry, that's just the nature of the game. You have four to five season career ending um injuries. No, they're not. They're not looking at you at all.
1: But his his bio is just incredible. And again, I'm not if you're McCormick, shout out to you. Way to get a hell of a free education. Nine years of it at that. So you better you know, have at least
2: two master's degrees, two yeah, bachelor's yeah. degrees, maybe working on your doctorate. Maybe.
1: So he is uh he had been granted his ninth season of college football. Uh he so he's been back for the hurricanes of twenty twenty four. No college football player has ever had nine seasons of eligibility no. before McCormick's That's a whole
2: spent- entire career.
1: Just the first sentence McCormick spent his first seven seasons at his career at Oregon uh, before entering for Miami for another two years. Uh, Let's see. Multiple surgeries caused him to miss the 2019 season and the pandemic. He had a season ending injury uh, in 2018, and he redshirted 2016. So 2017 was really the only year where he played all games. But other than that, um, with the pandemic and two other key injuries, you missed those. But him, even with that being said, you don't belong in college football. You're done. I'm sorry. If
2: I was him, I would not walk on another football field for the rest of my life. You might cough on a football field and get hurt. Yeah, I'm not risking it. No, nine years? Like, Okay, come on now.
1: Like, okay, just, what, just to put this into perspective, this is how long he's been in college. He was a member of the same Oregon recruiting class as the QB NFL quarterback, Justin Herbert. So he's Justin Herbert. That's the same class of players at Oregon. And Justin Herbert, I mean, he seems like he's been in the NFL for quite a while now. And McCormick still hasn't gotten out of the college level.
2: That's sick. That's not fair.
1: No. And this is the problem with it. So I thought that was interesting to point out um the, the insanity of these extra years of eligibility and how it can come back to buy you. The fact that they granted him a ninth one. Like you said, I'm sorry you're getting hurt a lot. But at some point, just stop playing football, um, or just focus on school. Like you got, you got the diploma. Like you're good to go. Shout out to Miming. Mean, if you want to abuse the system, because it's a system that's not very well built in place. Not necessarily your fault. It's one of the system's fault. But yeah, just a crazy stat that you got a guy who's on his ninth year who played college football. His first game in 2016, and he's still playing in 2024 at Power Five football. It, insanity. Uh, some other crazy headlines. This one hurt me a lot. I'm sure you too, as a Bulls fan. It was incredibly ugly. Uh, we have to talk about it. it. It's probably one of the grossest things I've seen out of a fan base. And unfortunately I have to claim of being a part of that fan base, the widow of Jerry Krause goes up there for the ceremony and she gets booed by the entire full Bulls fan base at the Bulls arena. They boo her. The widow is obviously crying um, overwhelmed with emotions, and she gets booed off the stage, despite the owner Jerry Krause, and uh, all of his accomplishments, despite what you think about him after it's watching. Not her 30 fault. 30. It's not her It was disgusting to watch. What are your thoughts on that, man? I, I was uh I was legitimately mad. I felt I felt horrible for her.
2: I'm not I'm not the most religious person, but you know the, the Bible preaches forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That that was an innocent lady her husband, you know, broke up the team or, you know, felt a way about Michael X, Y, and Z, you know, like she didn't deserve any hatred towards or anything like that at all. Uh, you know, it's, it takes nothing to, to be kindness. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Uh, that was, that was completely unnecessary. And you know, it that, that sucks. She's, you know, it's a, again. It's an, another emotional time for her and everything like that, and just that—that—that's the—that's some of the things was wrong with today. It's just it takes nothing to be kind.
1: Yep, well said. And it's one of those things where I do wonder if the thirty for thirty of Jordan has never dropped. Does is the is the last stance, Is anyone doing that? Do you think they still boo her if that never comes out?
2: Uh eh, probably they still would.
1: Really? I don't think they would. I think that really changed a lot of people's like I think a lot of people could tell you about that that Jordan era. They could probably tell you about Krauss, but I don't think anyone would have that negative of an opinion where they would feel the it's, need to boot. It's
2: it's it's just the name association and everything like that. That's all that is. People it whether whether or not that it came out when it did or or if it or if it didn't come out, she was still gonna get booed. Just because of that name and the people who know the sports and know the story and what's going on and everything like that, still would have happened.
1: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope but that, that isn't the case, and I I'm gonna disagree with you just out of pure hope for humanity that they still wouldn't do that. Uh, but you, you look at it, even though with Jerry Krause, yes, things may have not been relationship wise the smoothest road. Um, the Bulls have six NBA championships. Jerry Krause is responsible for six. It, it, it's just. He has the only championships for the Chicago Bulls. He's got all six of them. Whether you liked him or not, he got Phil Jackson there. Whether you liked him or not, he got Michael Jordan there. Whether you liked him or not, he got Scottie Pippen. He got Dennis Rodman. Or he got some guys on that roster that wasn't always the smoothest, the happiest group out there, but he still got all those guys in the same room, and it worked out to six championships. I don't care if people are friends. I can have everyone in the Bears front office hate each other. If we're winning, I don't really care. Um, and that's that what he got. he got. He got you six rings. So I thought that was pretty disappointing to see, um, especially when, you know, a widow, she's not really the one responsible at all for it. As you were kind of saying, she was just part of the family. She didn't deserve any of that. Kind of one of the worst that things I've seen. Um, that's that's probably about as low as it gets. And a few other news in, in terms of NBA, um, not a whole lot going on other than the Lakers and a little bit of trouble there. Do you think the Lakers need to make a big time trade here before we go to yes. our next yes Who you get rid of. it's got to be ad or lebron um because they're the, if you want to make a serious move you don't really have a whole lot of picks or role players to get a ton of addition
2: it will i think it would hurt if ad is gone i think he is still a key piece because he, he shows flashes of you know he can do stuff and everything like that is just the whole health thing i mean that's been plaguing him since he came into the league um I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how you go about it or, or whatnot, um, but they're they're just awful to watch. <laughs> you say they're awful.
1: they are. Yeah, it feels like the LeBron show or nothing, or it feels and like you're still waiting for the AD to average one shoulder grab a game and hit the floor and maybe sit there for a little too long. Um, obviously, I've never. Never been the biggest Lakers fan. Once Kobe was out of there, I pretty much stopped caring about the Lakers ever really watching them. I think enough credit when it comes to LeBron James. Like I'm just, I think he's probably going to leave. I don't think he's staying on the Lakers. He's going to probably move next season. Anyways, I just think they're in a weird spot. Feels like LeBron James is constantly kind of positioned and stiff armed the Lakers enough to embrace the city, but still say it's Anthony Davis's team. He said that multiple times. And people always say, like, oh, good for him. He's being a good teammate. I've always thought of LeBron as just like the mastermind. I think he's just positioning himself. Like he's just getting ready to hop ship and making sure everyone knows this I is. Don't, I don't
2: I don't know. You got you got his son, uh, you know, crosstown playing at USC. I mm-hmm. don't think he's going nowhere. If he does go somewhere, it may be to the Clippers to still to still be there, but I I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, you know, that – in their family, you know, his son is the first is the first is their is the first kid and their are first person in their family to go to college, period. Uh, you know, with his health issues and everything like that happening. Um, LeBron has done everything he needed to in his career uh, since day one, being an 18 year old, walking on, you know, a court and being the phenomenon he was. So what's really left for LeBron to do? I got it. like it, it there 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 isn't much, honestly. So w- does he really want to go somewhere and start all over? Probably not. Uh is he probably on the back end of his career? Probably so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more convenient. You can do whatever you want, nobody's gonna question you. You can still show up and get 20, 28 points, 30 points. You can still get a double-double, you can do that in your sleep and still go see your son. So I don't think LeBron's going anywhere. That's just, you know, unless it's to the Clippers, honestly, just to yeah, stay
1: in L.A. I, I don't know if he's going to that concern about staying in L.A. Maybe he is. And he's, I mean, he's is pretty openly um, always eager to go watch his kid. You saw the video, I'm sure, of him rushing out immediately to go watch his son's game, uh, playing for USC. But I mean, kind of watching that stuff, I think for him it's going to be the one, two-year deals until Bronny makes his way to the NBA. If he's fortunate, nothing bad happens, knock on wood. I'm talking in terms of injury. Um, yeah, he had that one scare a while ago. Obviously, everything's okay now. But if he can get that route to the NBA, I think it'll be one two-year deals. But I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron maybe still leave, see if he can get another ring, and then go finish his final year out with LeBron. Well, go
2: where? Go where? I mean,
1: there's plenty of teams out there. What do you think about a LeBron James? on? It has to be a contender team. So what are the contenders out there left LeBron James on the Philadelphia 76ers cap space would be tough there? Because you'd have to dump some guys because they don't. What's a good team for you? Do you think he would take Spurs seem fun, but I don't think he'd actually go to the San Antonio Spurs, but it's not too far from L.A. Logically.
2: And this is just, you know, a, 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 a dart in the dark. The the Kings,
1: yeah, it's Kings like Kings.
2: you you saying so with his son being in college, with him having the convenience of being close, going to games and everything like that. You think he going all the way back to the East Coast just for a ring? No, I don't. I I, I doubt that. If if anything, like I said, the Clippers just because it's still there in L.A., Sacramento, that's maybe you know a a fifty minute flight, hour flight. Mm-hmm. He got the, he got the, he got the PJ right then and there. He can, he could do that. He has his own pilot.
1: That's go a good roster, there. good young roster too, that you so, can actually go and win games with that You case. know what I'm
2: saying? So like, that's more reasonable. Like it's still close and you can still, you know, obtain and get what you, what you want to. Um, th- that's about it. He's not, Denver don't, Denver don't need him. Uh, the Suns don't need him. Anywhere. God, can you match
1: him on Denver, though. I, I I'll say this: if he, if they found a way to get LeBron on Denver's team, good luck. The game's over. I don't. Want, I don't even want to imagine what Nikola Jokic, and LeBron James being on the same like. team.
2: If, if they get him and they can keep everybody, they will threepeat. It won't even yeah. be close.
1: Jamal Murray, LeBron James, Jokic. You can get rid of everyone else and fill it in with role players. Good luck. Uh, that Le- is. Le- 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 Le-
2: I think Le- like I think the the shade of LeBron that you will see will be something like Miami or when he went back to Cleveland, to where he can be like a slasher or you know he can find his game. He wouldn't have to carry the team.
1: Yeah. With that being said, though, we do got to go ahead and throw it to break on the final segment. We'll go through a few NBA trades that went down. We'll go ahead and wrap it up there, and then after that, we'll have what's brewing. With Chancellor Burlington, he's got a special guest in as well, so definitely stay plugged in for that one. We got DeMorne Pearson L streaming in. I'm Harrison back here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is the Don't Punt Hour on 937 a ticket and the ticketfm.com. Here is your host, Demorne Pearson L.
1: All right. Welcome in. Final segment of the Dome Pun Hour here on a cold, cold Thursday night as everyone made it through the snow squall here in Lincoln as they got the trucks out again, trying to clear off these streets here in Lincoln. Uh, and again, we got what's brewing with Chancellor Burlington after this show. So we still got plenty ahead here on Ticket Weeknights. Don't go anywhere. But before we get out of this show, want to go through some NBA trades. Uh, this one happened yesterday, probably the biggest trade so far up until this point in terms of quote-unquote superstars, whether you put them there or not is up to debate. But we have a three-way trade between the Raptors, Pacers, and Pelicans. Pelicans really using it just to free up some cap space. But nonetheless, Raptors receive Bruce Brown uh, via the Pacers. They receive Jordan Nwora via the Pacers. Keir Lewis via the Pelicans. Two 24 first-round picks from the Pacers and a conditional 2026 first-round pick from the Pacers. And the Pacers receive... Pascal Siakam, along with future second round pick via the Pelicans and the Pelicans cash considerations, as I said, really just kind of cleaning table uh, to set up some room for future space, but the Pacers currently, so they get the addition of Pascal Siakam, a guy who really flashed when he was on that roster with quiet Leonard it hasn't quite been the same since then the Pacers though, they sit 23 in 17. So they're already in the current playoffs if we were to start today uh, and doing six games above 500. How does the move of adding Piasco sock him uh, to that roster? Do you think this is a Pacers team that can actually make some serious noise or is this just another building block to get him into, quote unquote, contention?
2: I think it's just a building block to get him in contention. Um, we're not we're approaching, you know, the all star break and everything like that. Um, I feel like, you know, things turn up in in basketball right after the all star break. so. Uh, I think it's it's definitely a building piece. I don't think they're a contender or anything like that, you know. But they're just, you know, getting their team in shape uh, and making sure that they have, you know, more pieces and everything like that to help them to get a playoff run.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll be honest, I hated the trade. I, I'm not, I'm not grabbing Pascal Siakam. That's not pushing the needle at all for me. He's been getting worse, it seems, as the seasons go on. The more they put on his plate. Uh, to be that guy on that roster to really lead the team, the more he comes up short. His This uh, current season right now, 2023-24 season, it has been an okay season. He's aver- He's actually doing okay. 52% field goal percentage, which isn't bad. Uh, but only about 13 attempts per game. He's only making about six. So it puts him around, uh, let's see here, just around 17 points per game, along with two turnovers. Not great. Only one steal. He's getting about three and a half assists. Again, if you're handling the ball that much, not great. Uh, In total (laughs) rebounds, he's only getting about six. So you're getting an average score, an okay playmaker, and an okay rebounder. Uh, When you're playing that kind of tweener role, that's fine, but you're paying him big money, and you just got rid of a lot for that. So Mm -hmm. it's not like I don't like Pascal Siakam's game. It's just you're paying so much for what it, to me, can be found in a lot of just everyday kind of players. Rate the trade for me and I'll run it through you one more time just so you can give your official grading here. So the Raptors receive Bruce Brown, Jordan Norik, here Lewis, two 24 first round picks and a conditional 2026 first round pick and the Pacers receive Pascal Siakam and a future second rounder via the Pelicans. Who who won the trade and what's your grade for each side?
2: I'll probably say the Pelicans won it for, for sure. <laughs> the Pelicans uh, the, they won it. I mean they that they got picks out of in return. So, I mean, if you can get, you know.
1: Pelicans that, didn't get anything other than but, cash considerations. The Raptors okay, got uh, all the goods. Raptors, to oh, me, one
2: of them. You said three teams. Sorry, that was, that was me. I, I completely forgot about the
1: third. Yeah, it's a three-team trade, but the Pelicans, all they received was cash Cash considerations. The only thing they really had at stake was that future second-round pick to the Pacers to kind of make that thing pan out evenly. Uh, uh, in your yeah. addition, Kira Lewis.
2: I guess, uh, then, then it's like it's again, then it's probably like even they all wanted something out of it and they got what they wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacers got who they wanted up for, they gave up picks for it. The uh, Pelicans, you know, relieved money issues. Uh, so I mean, you know, it, I guess it's a C if I were to give it a, a grade. Uh, you're a, you're a lot
1: nicer than me. I, I'm gonna give the Pelicans a C, simply just paperwork. I get it. Uh Pacers D minus <laughs> two 2024 20, first round picks for Pascal yeah. Siakam and you yeah. gave up Bruce Brown are you kidding yeah.
2: me that's, that's uh boring.
1: Bruce Brown's a good trade <laughs> a good trade asset for a lot of those playoff contenders Um so whose,
2: fault, so whose fault is that then
1: uh that is I mean, the the Raptors are great the Pacers are just dumb They traded away a lot of insurance, in my opinion. Like, I get you have picks to trade away, but what a way to start it off with Pascal Siakam! Like that to me is just not going to move the needle for you at all. You overpaid for a role player, so I'm going to give you a D. Like, I don't, I don't, and like again, it's it's not that he's a role player; it's an above-average role player at that. It's you gave away two 2024 first-round picks. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Um, you're you're not the OKC Thunder and you're not the Jazz. Those aren't infinite for you to kind of go start trading out. So yeah. not, not a fan of it for the Pacers. I get it. They think they're in contention, so they're going to try to get better. You're not going to win it. So, you know, no. make, make it entertaining. I guess sell tickets. That, that should be your goal because you're not going to win any trophies. I can guarantee Maybe. you that much. Unless you get a heat type year, but we've talked about that before. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I think the Raptors won that one. I'll give the Raptors a B plus. I, th- I thought they got a lot out of Pascal Siakam, the guy whose trade stock was going down. But nonetheless, this is going to wrap it up with the morning personnel. the Don't Punt Hour. The morning personnel. I will talk to you come Monday, uh, and you guys will hear from me again Sunday. But up next, we got What's Brewing with Chance of Don't go anywhere here on Tick Weeknights.